0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President, Tony Perkins.
1: Welcome. Good to have you tuning in for this edition of Washington Watch. We're broadcasting from Des Moines, Iowa, the site of this evening's Town Hall Meeting for Life. We'll be live from Experience Church here in Des Moines at 7 p.m. Central Time. So you can join us and you can even ask your questions. So tune in. PrayVoteStand.org slash Town Hall. Again, that's tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition of Washington Watch, yesterday, Senator Tommy Tuberville was on the program explaining why he has a hold on military promotions.
0: Since Roe Wade was handed down back to the states almost a year ago, uh, they found any way possible to think that, hey, anybody that works for the federal federal government, we're going to be able to get an abortion for them if they want it. That's not Their job, their job is to go over the laws that we pass in Congress, not to make the laws in the White House.
1: But that's not what the other side is saying.
2: He's only going to relent when there is a DOD policy that pays for every other surgery that somebody could get, that has paid family leave for any other procedure that you could get, but bans that for abortion. That is an extreme position.
1: Well, what is extreme is making you pay for abortion. In fact, that's something new. That, of of course, was Senator Michael Bennett of Colorado last night on the Senate floor. We'll talk about it later with Senator Lindsey Graham, who will be a part of tonight's town hall meeting for life here in Des Moines. And... Is the sanctity of life an important issue for voters here in Iowa, and will the issue of life influence presidential politics nationwide? I'll be joined in just a moment by Bob Vander Plaats, president of the Iowa Family Leader, and Pastor Charles Cole, our host for tonight's town hall meeting. Earlier today, Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer said Democrats will never stop fighting for abortion.
3: As we approach the anniversary of the cataclysmic Dobbs decision, It's an honor to stand with my colleagues here today to say loud and clear, Democrats will never, never stop fighting to protect a woman's right to choose.
1: Of course, this administration is putting your money where their mouth is. The latest report by Planned Parenthood shows that while their services have been declining, taxpayer funding is at an all-time high, $670 million. Well, how do we counter the abortion culture that has government money and the media cover. But what does advancing the sanctity of life look like in a pro post row world? I'll be joined by two of tonight's town hall participants, Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of Susan B. Anthony, one of the nation's most effective pro-life organizations, and Myra Rodriguez, a uh, former Planned Parenthood worker, she w- was actually a clinic manager for 17 years in Arizona, they joined us a little bit later. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said the deal that the Justice Department announced yesterday with Hunter Biden, allowing him to plead guilty to two tax-related crimes and a felony gun charge, looks like a sweetheart deal.
4: It continues to show the two-tier system in America. If you are the president's leading political opponent, the DOJ tries to literally put you in jail and give you prison time. If you are the president's son, you get a sweetheart deal.
1: Could this also be an effort to cover up a lot more? We'll talk with Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson later on this edition of Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus is essentially giving an altar call to his Sermon on the Mount, an invitation to enter the kingdom. It is difficult to enter the kingdom because the, na- the, gero- the na- gate rather is narrow. It is difficult because it is, it is a decision to live, leave behind the desires and wants of our fallen nature and choose the way of Jesus. As the Sermon on the Mount makes abundantly clear, the kingdom of God is counterintuitive. It is counter to the culture of this world responding to Jesus' call to enter the kingdom is difficult because it does not come naturally. It only comes by the Spirit. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. By the way, I want to thank all of you who have called or texted us to pledge your support to ensure that Washington Watch continues to broadcast truth all across the nation. We're coming up to the end of our fiscal year, and your partnership is critical. If you'd like to partner with FRC during this critical time in our nation, I'd like to send you a digital copy of my new study guide on the book of Nehemiah, Rebuilding a Nation, for your gift of $7 or more. So go ahead, give us a call. I've got team members standing by to take your call at 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. Or you can text the word GIVE to 67742. All right, I think it's fitting to be here in Iowa tonight, now that the 2024 presidential campaign is underway. Now, since the Supreme Court overturned Roe last June, leaving the responsibility to protecting unborn life to the people and their elected representatives, how will this shape the 2024 presidential campaign? And what is the role of the church? Joining me now to discuss this is Pastor Charles Cole, lead pastor of uh, Experienced Church here in Des Moines, Iowa, and Bob Vander president and CEO of the Family Leader. Gentlemen, welcome. Good to be here. Welcome to Iowa. It's Good to be here. I'm just, I'm just sorry that it's not during the, uh, the state fair season.
4: You know? Well, a couple more months and it'll be state fair. I, I miss
1: that fried butter. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Well, Pastor Charles, thank you f- so much for hosting us this evening, and uh, we're grateful for your hospitality here.
5: Thank you for being here. We're, we're honored that you guys uh, asked us to, to host, and we're looking forward to tonight's town hall.
1: So let me just start right there. Why is it appropriate to hold a town hall meeting like this in a church?
5: Well, I think the church has forgotten about the principle of sowing and reaping. Um, There's been way too many times that pastors have been quiet. I think uh, sowing and reaping, as far as a church is concerned, we haven't really, we've wanted to reap the holiness and the righteousness of a godly nation, but yet a lot of times in our churches, even from our pulpits, we're not sowing that into right. our people, and so I think we're trying to take something that we haven't planted, and uh, I think it's been a, it's been close to a generation that, you know, my mom and dad used to go to grocery stores and glean things after it was kind of it was either out of date or close right. to being out of date. I think we've gleaned enough from our forefathers, and we've about depleted the harvest. Right. If Pastors, in my opinion, don't step up and start sowing, then there's going to be nothing to reap in the future.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. Would you also describe this as a part of being salt and light that Jesus called Absolutely. us to be?
5: Absolutely. Yeah, we just got done with a series on that being salt and light, and actually influencing, according to Daniel, where Daniel stood up um, even in the midst of great tribulation, and how if we do that, God will honor us. If we don't, then um, then
6: he
1: won't. Yeah. yeah Bob Vander Plaats, you've, uh you are a veteran of many presidential <laughs> cycles. <laughs> Just saying day. I'm old is what you're saying, Tony. Just a lot of folks it. flock here to Iowa. I was trying to count the number of times I've been here to Iowa, but uh, many times. The, um, the issue of life, you know, yeah. there have been some on the Republican side of the ledger saying, well, this is now a state's issue. And if you heard it at the top of the program, the Democrats certainly
4: aren't saying that. How does this factor into the 2024 presidential campaign cycle? I think it's going to factor in a big way. Because um, we tell people right away, our first thing we want to do is can we trust a candidate? And if you can trust them on the sanctity of human life, typically, typically you can trust them on a lot more. If you can't trust them on the sanctity of human life, then you're not going to trust them on a whole lot more either. So I think it's going to play in in a big way. Uh, we're giving them a little bit of grace as they're trying to find their sea legs in a post row world and now how do you address this issue as president of the united states is this still an issue for voters here in the all-important state of iowa Oh, well, it's a big issue and after what the iowa supreme court just did on friday it's mm-hmm. going to be a bigger issue yeah. uh... the sanctity of human life especially as it comes to the iowa caucuses that's what launched mike huckabee in two thousand eight rick santorum in two thousand twelve ted cruz in twenty sixteen so someone wants to win the Iowa caucuses, and Iowa's more crucial than ever this year. They're going to have to be right on the sanctity of so, human life. So this issue now, because of what the court did last Friday, the state court, is front and center. It's going to be front and center. It was going to be front and center anyhow. Right. Uh, but it's going to be more front and center now. And you have a governor who has popularity ratings are through the roof. People love her. And her core issue is the sanctity of human life. Mm-hmm. That's her line in the sand.
1: So Pastor Cole, what is the role of pastors? And we're talking about uh, presidential candidates and no doubt if they're here in Iowa talking about it, it's going to be broadcast across the nation and it's going to influence the entire cycle. But what's the role of pastors?
5: Well, the first role of pastors is to feed the sheep. And and if pastors aren't, if pastors aren't training up people in what the word of God says, um, then it's not a It's not, you're not a pastor, you're not a church, you're a social organization. Uh, The second thing, I think, as far as politics, God called us not to be of the world, but he's called us to be in it. And I think the reason why we exist as a country is because we're a church and we're supposed to be shaping our culture. But too many times we've gotten kind of scared about what to do or what we can say without getting in trouble. And instead of standing on faith, standing up for what's right and being, being a vocal leader and, right. and a good example.
1: Certainly, there's that public policy role. There's, you know, proclaiming truth. Right. Uh, there's also that, that walking it out. I mean, mm-hmm. I think now we're seeing more than ever the importance of care pregnancy centers, these ministries that are helping yeah. uh, mothers and, and, and children
4: adoption agencies. I think now more than ever, those are critical. They really are critical. And I think, you know, what Pastor Charles is saying, Tony, is right on. And in Iowa, we're seeing a movement of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're seeing an inspired church engage the arena of government for the advancement of God's kingdom and basically the strengthening of family. We're seeing that all the time. And they're not buying anymore that these are political issues. These are biblical issues. And the gospel speaks to all of it. And so we're thrilled with a remnant that is rising up through our church ambassador network, through the family leader that's addressing these issues. I think that's why Iowa is a premier state in the country right now where a lot of people look at and they say they're doing something right there.
1: Pastor Cole, I want to go back to you for a moment. Bob was talking about what he's going to be looking for in these presidential candidates coming here. What are you going to be looking for beyond simply the issue of the sanctity of human life? What do you want to hear from them?
5: Seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added unto you. So for me... Um, you know, personally, I'm a moral conservative. Conservative, I'm a fiscal conservative. But I want to hear where people and the candidates stand on moral issues. When when we announced to our church about this town hall, we said this is not a political event. This is a moral event. And if we can't get behind that, then then you know, it's sad. And so for us, for me personally, uh, as a church, I believe we're looking for a candidate. Who is going to stand up for moral issues. And um, it doesn't, the color doesn't matter. It's, it's the content. It's the relationship with Christ. It's those things that the Bible is clear on. And if, if Christians can't stand on what the Bible says is important to God, then we have to really ask ourselves if, if we're representing our faith correctly.
1: Right. And, Bob, I'm sure you'd agree with that, because I've said
4: the same thing. What evangelical voters are looking for are the policies. It's yeah. not about personality. We really are. And at the Family Leader, Tony, what we do is we say it's the three C's. Character, mm-hmm. can I trust you? Consistency of conviction, convictions. Competency, can you do the job? And then chemistry, is this your Esther moment? Oh, yeah. Are you for such a time as this? Mm, Bob, Pastor Cole, thanks so much for joining us and,
1: again, for hosting us. All right. We'll see you tonight. Thank Thank you. Folks, stick with us. We're back on the other side of the break with more Washington Watch straight ahead.
0: Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. We are in Des Moines, Iowa, at Experience Church, where this will be the site of tonight's town hall meeting for life. You can be a part of that. Simply go to prayvotestand.org slash town hall. Also, if you'd like to partner with uh, Family Research Council in Washington Watch, we've got folks standing by to take your call, 800-225-4008. Still to come, Senator Ron Johnson will be joining us, as will Senator Lindsey Graham, who will be a part of tonight's town hall meeting. All right. As we were discussing earlier about the issue of life, the left remains unrelenting in their obsession with pushing for abortion on demand until birth. In states like Missouri and Indiana, we've even seen the left pushing the idea of religious freedom to attack laws that protect life. Knowing That is what we're up against. How can conservatives, pro-life Americans, work to further the culture of life? Joining me now to discuss this is Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America, and Myra Rodriguez, a former Planned Parenthood director. Marjorie, Myra, welcome to Washington Watch.
8: Thank you, Johnny. Thank you.
1: So let's start with this. When, when Roe was overturned almost a year ago, that was only the beginning of the fight to preserve life. Right, right, Marjorie?
6: That's right. It's the culminating moment of almost 50 years of struggle and the greatest human rights battle of our time. And it established the, this is the starting line now. Uh, Many people have felt like, oh, wow, finally there, Roe is overturned. Now we just have the opportunity. Now the wheels of democracy are moving, and the will of the people is allowed to make its way into the law.
1: And so the Dobbs decision said this is just for the states to deal with?
6: (laughs) The Dobbs decision, Alito wrote, Kavanaugh uh, went along with it and and also added that, no, it's up to every elected representative, which means every state legislature and the Congress.
1: It's no longer in the hands of the court. That's right. It's in the hands of the people and their elected representatives at every level.
6: That's right. And that's who we need to be holding accountable. They uh, have a little been. – we've given a little bit of leeway. I don't say the pro-life movement has. They've given themselves a little bit of leeway, I would say, on the federal level. We've seen a lot of formerly really stalwart pro-life people afraid. There is a lack of courage going oh, well. on on Capitol Hill right now. And um, But but the uh, beautiful contrast has been in the states. Uh, we just are here today, I, I think, to really try to bring home the whole idea that any presidential candidate has to be strongly committed – to uh, everything he or she can do to pass consensus on life into the law.
1: Myra, I want to ask you about this. 17 years you worked with Planned Parenthood. Their recent report, almost seven hundred billion dollars. That's just in government money. They have over two billion dollars in assets that they're Hmm. sitting on. They're well-funded. They've got the media covering for them. How do we reach women with the message of life in this post real
9: world?
8: Well, I think um, we need to start with reaching out to them with love. The message has to come with love always, right? Uh, You just had a pastor in another segment, and he described how the church, the church I felt has abandoned us, right? If I tell you right now that my priest in my church knew that I worked for Planned Parenthood and never told me quit, you know, like that is something that you take into consideration. You
1: didn't come to my church. I, I would have told you to quit.
8: I know. Most, most of other churches would have told me to quit. People on the sidewalk told me to quit, right? But the, my point being is the leaders of the church yeah. need to start and step up. It continues to be a topic that they're not reaching out in the church. Like if you go to a church, I would like to see a message that says that if you're pregnant and need help. You can come here. But if right. you go to the restrooms, there's hardly any information where women can go. That's a really good point. But then Planned Parenthood has it, even in front of the churches, right? Like, there will be a yeah. sign for Planned Parenthood. You can come here, right? So, for starters, I would like to see more in the community to reach out to women. Why? Because I can tell you for a fact that for 17 years, I strongly believed those pregnancy centers were fake. And they were not going to help the women that I was seeking to help. I mean, in my good heart, I thought I was helping women, right? And they didn't have nowhere else to go. And we were there to save them, right? Because the fake clinics were just fake clinics.
1: What was the turning point for you?
8: The turning point was becoming a director of an abortion facility and seeing all the money that comes through first and seeing women get hurt. You know, they got hurt. They got hurt during abortions. I blew the whistle. That got me fired. I sued them. I won. Here we are.
1: And so now you're, you're speaking for life.
8: I do. I do. I strongly advocate for life, not only in our country. I get to say my our country because I became a citizen last April, but also worldwide. You know, I, to me, the abortion issue, it's not only for the United States. It's not only an American issue. It's a worldwide issue. Yeah, and, it is. And being united worldwide, they are. I mean, look at – you just read the uh, statement, the financial statement from Planned Parenthood Federation of America. Wait until you see the IPPF, International Planned Parenthood Federation. And when you see how much of that American money goes to kill children across the globe.
1: Marjorie, Uh your organization just uh, was a part of conducting a uh, a research poll Mm -hmm. that showed that Americans overwhelmingly support protecting unborn human life when it can feel pain, and mm-hmm. when you see a baby sucking its thumb on that on, on that picture, overwhelmingly, that's, right. that's where Americans are.
6: It's overwhelming. We did this poll, but there are also mainstream polls, Harvard Harris, uh, Marist, all these other polls. They all show basically the same thing, that the position that the Republican Party should be taking on the national level. Um, there are some notable leaders like Lindsey Graham who introduced the 15-week bill. There are others who are supporting. And you're not saying that just because he's standing over there. He's he just happens to be standing now. right there. So I just kind of you know. Uh, you know, a little bit of uh, dinner tonight would be good. Um, no, but that contrast between what the what the Republican Party on the national level ought to be saying versus what the Democratic Party has been saying forever. They're very clear. They're very clear. It's abortion on demand, up until the end, paid for by taxpayers, versus what consensus already is. We don't have to build consensus. Uh, well, we, we will build it more, but the consensus now is very strong. It's either 15-week, 12-week, 6-week. Um, that contrast uh, right. is a 70-10 contrast. And if you are a candidate running for office and you find an issue that's a 70-10 contrast, in you should run with it. In this day and age,
1: that is a huge, huge margin. Yeah. Uh, Marjorie, Myra, we're, we're out of time in this second. She went by so fast. Myra, tonight in our town hall meeting, I, I, I'm going to ask you, so be prepared, about where, where do Hispanic women in the Hispanic community stand on this issue of life. So we're going to talk about the night. So folks, if you want to get the answer to that, you got to tune in tonight <laughs> at 7 p.m. Central Time. PrayVoteStand.org slash Town Hall. Marjorie, Myra, thank you thank so you. much. Thanks. So thank much. You. Look forward to our conversation tonight. Thank you. Thank you. All right, don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. On the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by Senator Ron Johnson. We're going to be looking at this sweetheart deal, so to speak, that um, the president's son got in a plea agreement. That's coming up. And then after that, we're going to be joined here on set with Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. You always hear his voice, but never see his face. Well, you're going to see his face and hear his voice. Don't go away. (laughs)
10: Get this free guide at frc.org slash to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives.
2: Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org slash worldview. Again, go to frc.org slash worldview.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. We are broadcasting live from the road. We're in Des Moines, Iowa at Experience Church, which is the site of tonight's town hall meeting for life, 7 p.m. Central Time. You can be a part of it. Actually, you can even ask questions. We'll be taking live questions. Go to prayvotestand.org slash townhall. Again, that's 7 p.m. Central Time tonight. President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, will plead guilty to misdemeanor charges for failure to pay federal income tax as well as enter into a pre-trial diversion agreement regarding a separate gun charge the terms of this deal as well as the ongoing investigation into the Biden family influence peddling raises questions from many about sweetheart deals and a two-tiered system of justice Join me now to discuss this and much more. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. He serves on the Senate Homeland Security Committee, the Senate Budget Committee and the Senate Finance Committee. Senator, welcome back to the program. Good to see you.
3: Well, Tony, good to be back.
1: Now, you've spoken out against the Hunter Biden plea deal, saying that we do not have equal application under
3: the law as we look at this. Explain that. Well, I do think this uh, deal stinks to high heaven. Uh I semi-predicted it. I was always concerned that there would be uh, some kind of deal that would downgrade the charges to something uh, pretty minor. Uh, And what I hope the further part of my prediction doesn't come true, but I I think it probably will, uh, part of that plea agreement would be to seal the records so the American public will never know the full truth. Uh, It's also suspicious that uh, Attorney Weiss, in his announcement, said the investigation is still ongoing. The reason I view that with suspicion is certainly Senator Grassley and in our investigation into the corrupt uh, Russian collusion hoax investigation was frustrated because there was an ongoing John Durham investigation. So even though we subpoenaed Christopher Ferray, we could not get access to the, the records that we, we really needed in time to uh, actually get in front of the American public before an election. So uh, I'm just really afraid that the timing of this uh, stinks Uh, I'm afraid this is all going to be used to deep-six the information. The American public will never know the truth.
1: Well, if he's entering into an agreement and he's pleading, how can there be an ongoing investigation?
3: Well, that's a good question. Uh, And again, this is the classic uh, ruse that the Justice Department the FBI uses to prevent Congress from from obtaining information. And, And let's face it, the FBI just might have a very good excuse for not turning over for example uh its investigatory files on the uh FD1023 uh, allegations from that credible human resource or credible human source uh apparently having somebody accuse president biden and and, and hunter biden of taking uh, 5 million dollars in bribes each possibly accompanied by 15 recordings of hunter biden uh, discussing the bribe and two recordings of uh, President Biden. So that'd be a convenient way to sweep that under the rug by just saying, well, we looked at that. Uh, that was part of our investigation. Hunter, we just didn't see anything to it. So that's all part of the sealed records. Again, I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm suspicious it might.
1: Well, I, I think you're right to be concerned that that may occur, given the fact that what we've seen to date And and just to explain this to our viewers and listeners, Congress has a constitutional role to oversee the executive branch. It's where you have hearings and you've requested these documents, this information. But if I'm not mistaken, most of what you've gotten has been redacted. I mean, they've blocked out a lot of these documents that are not even classified.
3: Well, what's interesting is uh, Senator Grassley; they had a whistle- he had a whistleblower come to him, so he viewed the 1023 document in a lightly redacted form. When Christopher Fi- Ray finally relented to the uh, contempt threat by James Comer, he delivered that 1023 in a reading room to committee members, but he redacted out the portion where there were 17 potential recordings of being reported by to that conference human source. Now, why would he do that other than to cover up for the, for the Bidens? He also didn't talk about the other 1023s that were contained in the footnotes. And when he finally re, uh, turned those 1023s, those investigatory reports over to Congress, those also were heavily redacted. So they're playing cat and mouse um, for, for really no good reason, from what I can tell. But this is the role of Congress, is it not? Yes. Yes, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, we are supposed to be a co-equal branch of government. You know, Unfortunately, prior Congresses have willingly uh, given so much of their constitutional authority over the executive branch. The presidents have always been you know, happy to accept that authority. Uh, I think oftentimes it's been to avoid accountability. But uh, over the years, over the decades, our oversight capability has been dramatically weakened. We, we don't have very powerful enforcement uh, powers. Uh, we can hold somebody in contempt. Uh, we could send our sergeant of arms to arrest somebody. I, I don't know when the last time that has ever happened. Uh, there's going to be obviously a, a great reluctance to do so. But something like that may be required here in the future to reclaim our constitutional authority. I, it,
1: I think drastic measures are needed in drastic times. We're, we're up against a break, but we're in Iowa. and. Does this need to become a campaign issue for Republican presidential candidates that they will get to the bottom of this and hold individuals accountable?
3: Well, certainly the multi-tier system of justice needs to be a campaign issue. And when I say multi-tier, you've got the FBI, you've got the Department of Justice targeting individuals like Donald Trump. They've got a, a, you know, a system of justice for most of us, and we better comply with the laws because we're not going to get this sweetheart deal in in the third tier system, which uh, is designed to protect uh, powerful Democrats like Hunter Biden and Joe Biden.
1: Senator, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to to join us today. Say hi to Lindsey for me. I will. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Well, coming up next, we will be joined by Senator Lindsey Graham. He joins us live here in Des Moines, Iowa, as we prepare for tonight's town hall meeting. We get a preview of that next, plus much more. You never know what to get when you get Lindsey. So stick by, stick around. We're coming back after this.
2: Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
0: Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to
2: 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free factual news stories, and commentaries, all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. We're live from Des Moines, Iowa. Experience Church here in <laughs> Des Moines, which is the site of tonight's PrayVote Stand Town Hall. Meeting for life. And uh, you can be a part of that. Go to prayvotestand.org slash townhall. It will be at 7 p.m. Central Time. You'll actually be able to ask questions. So, again, join us at uh, 7 p.m. tonight at uh, prayvotestand.org slash townhall. Now, when the Supreme Court ordered Roe v. Wade, (coughs) overturned Roe v. Wade last June, they returned the issue of life to the elected representatives of the people federal government, along with state and local governments. They all have a role to play in protecting the sanctity of human life. Now, we know the left is pushing for abortion on demand at all levels of government. In fact, yesterday at the White House, uh, Jill Biden, Jill Biden, the first lady, held what they called a conversation at the White House on the impact of the Dobbs decision. Play clip number 10, please.
10: The Dobbs decision was devastating. And Joe is doing everything he can do to fight back. But the only way that we can ensure that every woman has the fundamental freedoms she deserves is for Congress to make the protections of Roe v. Wade, the law of the land once again.
1: Joining me now, live in person in Des Moines, Iowa, not just his voice, but his body as well, is uh, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, who's championed life for more than 20 years in the United States Senate.
9: Better on the radio, so don't... (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't stop watching because of me. <laughs>
1: well, Senator, let me,
9: let me jump right into this. Sure. The, uh, we just heard from First Lady yeah. Joe Biden. The Democrats aren't confused about where they stand on this No, they're very committed to their cause, but they're misleading you about what their bill does. Uh, Roe v. Wade is not being codified that uh, limited abortion after the, the moment of viability. Their bill goes up to the moment of birth with taxpayer funded. This is well beyond what Roe v. Wade allowed in the United States. You're saying they're not being honest? I'm saying they're misleading. <laughs> I like Jill, but to be honest with you, they want us to be like China and North Korea. I want to be like Europe, not a lot, but here. Okay. I never thought I'd be saying I want to be like the French. They're actually more
1: conservative. <laughs> they are. They're more conservative. If you than live here.
9: long enough, you know, like the guy from Iowa, Bob you know, I like Bob Vanderplay. Is that his name? I just call him Bob. He said we're going to give people a chance to get their sea legs. I thought that was interesting for a guy from Iowa to say that, but he's right, because there's no sea out here, in case you're wondering. Uh, Yeah, we're going to give the party a chance to absorb what to do next. I know what we should do next. We should fight for the unborn in Washington. We should not turn the city over to the most radical people in the country, who, if they could, would overturn every pro-life law in every state. Well, invoking Europe, I think,
1: Winston (laughs) Churchill. We should fight at the state level. We should fight at the federal (laughs) level. We should fight at the city level. We should fight at the county level. We should fight for life no matter where it is
9: threatened. Well, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, it's hard to pursue happiness if you're dead. So I think the unborn like need you uh, in Washington. And what are we proposing? States can do what they want up to a point. What kind of country do you want to live in, folks? Do you want to live in a nation where taxpayer dollars can be used to abort a baby up to the moment of birth? That's the democratic solution. Or would you like to be more like civilized people? 47 of 50 European nations limit abortion 12 to 15 weeks. My bill says at 15 weeks, we draw a line, exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother. That puts us in line with civilized world. And that is not radical. What is radical is taking your taxpayer dollars, aborting children, up to the moment of birth. Fifteen weeks would save 55,000 lives. It's not inconsequential. But in Iowa, if you want to do the heartbeat bill under my bill, you can. You can be more restrictive, but we're going to tell people in California and New York, the baby matters. It's not a state's rights issue, it's a human rights issue. What does it matter where you're conceived? At 15 weeks, you feel pain. Why did I pick 15 weeks? The baby can suck its thumb to operate on the baby to save its life What is done routinely. You provide anesthesia to the unborn child because they feel pain. Can you imagine what it's like to be dismembered? We're going to fight in Washington on very reasonable ground. All we've got going for us is about 70% of the public. Right. And you and I have talked about this before. As you made very clear, states can go further. Yeah, here in
1: Iowa you can go further. You know, personally, I've always stated this i am pro-life from the moment of conception and i've worked to protect all human life but i've also worked from a point of consensus in legislation that i passed back when i was in office and there is consensus that has developed around this point when a baby can feel pain and it's sucking its thumb and its picture can be on your refrigerator that
9: is a point where americans as you said nearly 70 percent say you know what this is where we need to draw a so line. So they say Lindsey Graham is uh, banning abortion in Washington. What Lindsey Graham is doing is drawing a line in the birthing process. I am going to stand up against the idea of dismembering a child at 15 weeks who's capable of feeling pain. 47 of 50 nations are with me. The only people that allow this up to the moment of birth, federally funded, is like the yeah. Chinese in North Korea. I don't want to be like them. It's really interesting that the party of science kind of leaves science behind when it's convenient. You know, the question is, does the science, does the, what's the medical standard of care? If you try to do an operation on an unborn child at 15 weeks, the medical standard of care is to provide anesthesia. Why? You don't want to hurt the baby in the process of saving the child's life. If doctors give anesthesia to save the baby's life, why would we want to sit on the sidelines and watch it be dismembered. That makes like zero sense. So if you don't want to fight in Washington, don't go to Washington. I want to, I want to play
1: another clip for you, be, again, because I want people to understand there is no confusion or hesitancy on the Democratic side Nine, on this zero. issue. Today, uh, the Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer uh, made press remarks uh, at the Capitol. Play clip number six.
3: We will keep fighting. We will not relent. We will not give up. We know history is on our side and are determined to preserve the precious rights that are the bedrock of America.
9: Okay, you heard it there. He said, we're going to keep fighting for what? Here's what they want. They want to have abortion on demand up literally to the moment of birth. The exceptions, there are no rule. Right, you can, you can abort a baby up to the moment of birth, and they want you, the taxpayer, to pay for it. That's what they're fighting for. Ten percent of the people are with them. What am I fighting for? Being civilized, not barbaric. We're already getting a taste of where they want to go. Oh, we're, totally. we're presently seeing Senator
1: Tuberville, from Alabama, yeah. who is in a, you know, a head-to-head with the <laughs> Department of Defense yeah. over promotions right. because the Department of Defense unilaterally changed the policy to use taxpayer dollars to facilitate abortions.
9: So the DOD is taking taxpayer dollars used to defend our nation to pay for abortions. That's something new under this administration. This is the most radical group of people I've dealt with since I've been in town, and that's saying a lot. They literally have a bill on the floor of the United States Senate ready to be voted on that would make America like North Korea and China. No limitations on abortion, taxpayer-funded, that is beyond extreme. It's barbaric. We need to have an alternative to that. Many Republicans,
1: um, listening to the media, out of the midterm election, said, "Oh, this is a dangerous
9: issue. This this will cost us the election." What do you say to that? If you're asked about abortion, the answer is not. We need to build a wall. <laughs> you need to like answer the question. Americans have coalesced around the idea after the first trimester, limitations are more in favor than they're not. Right. The heartbeat bill here in Iowa, you can relate to a heartbeat, overwhelming right. support. To the pro-life community, don't be ashamed. Right. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be cowered into saying that, that, that there's something weird about you. What's weird is aborting children up to the moment of birth with taxpayer dollars. That is weird. What's hard to explain as well is that for four
1: decades, Republicans had championed the protection of human life. And then all of a
9: sudden we get this deer in the headlights look (laughs) post. I don't mean to laugh, but like I thought, you know, this would not be that hard. I introduced a 20 week bill before the Dobbs decision banning late term abortions. At 15 weeks, the baby is capable of sucking the thumb, feeling pain. That's why we picked 15 weeks. Like most European nations. Right. You thought, Where is everybody? Right. Okay, if you want to be president of the United States as a Republican, here's what you should say. Of course I would sign a bill that would protect life at pain capable fifteen weeks with exceptions. Of course I would. There's the state's rights, people, I respect you, but you're dead wrong. No pun intended. If we can't protect life as legislative bodies, what good are we? The fundamental aspect of how to run society is who are you when you know how to begin life how to end life everybody in europe is pretty comfortable with this there's nothing in our constitution requiring us as a nation to sit on the sidelines and watch california and new york abort babies up to the moment of birth that's not a constitutional principle do you believe anybody who wrote the document had that in mind of course not
1: From the evidence, we know that those who
9: actually talk about the issue and run on the issue (laughs) win. Uh, Ted Budd, J.D. Vance, listen, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio, about a dozen governors. If you look, Kim Reynolds here, she's still standing. I mean, we're talking about an issue that is foundational to society. What kind of America do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a nation? that would allow taxpayer dollars to abort a baby literally up to the moment of birth, put you as an outlier in the civilized world, or would you like to live in a nation that is not barbaric on this issue? Mm-hmm. let states decide up to a point. If you can feel pain and suck your thumb and you're 15 weeks along to becoming a born person, we need to intervene. Those of us in elected office, if you don't feel like there's a need for you to have your voice here, then you're missing a lot. There's nothing in the Constitution requires such an extreme outcome where I have to sit on the sidelines and not stand up for a baby. What does it matter where you're conceived? Right. It doesn't matter. It's a human rights issue. It's not a state's rights issue.
1: Why is Lindsey Graham so
9: pro-life? It just makes sense to me. I don't go around getting in people's face, but I, I chose to represent my state. Okay, when does life begin? But but it's
1: more than just
9: representing your state. I just don't want to live in a country that would do this. This does not make America a better place. The unborn are not the enemy. Why do we not want to embrace a civilized approach to a very complicated problem? What good comes from allowing abortion on demand up to the moment of birth? Does that make us a better people? No, it does not. Do you think it leads to a...
1: A coarsening of our society when we we allow abortion up until the moment of
9: birth. If you cheapen life, if the legislative bodies cheapen life, then there's no respect for life. I'm not saying it's not complicated, but here's what I'm telling Republicans: when the baby can feel pain, suck its thumb, you're at 15 weeks. People are with you. Don't run away from this issue. You're right. Don't be afraid. Don't let Chuck Schumer scare you away. I look forward to having this debate on the floor of the United States Senate. I can't get one Democrat to pick a week they would limit abortion. I'll do one at 32 weeks, 33 weeks, 30 weeks. Tell me when you would say no. Their party won't say no anytime. If you want to stand up for the unborn in Washington, you better elect more Republicans. Their party platform is very clear where they stand. I mean, they, they wrote it down. They, they're not lying. They believe this. And this is what they're doing in now, practice. if you're listening to this program and you're wanting to find somebody to represent us in 2024 to be our nominee and our standard bearer, you should insist that they be in the camp of not letting America become China and North Korea. How hard is it for a Republican nominee to look the camera in the eye on the stage against Joe Biden or whoever they pick and say what you're doing is barbaric? There's a better way. Actually, we had a candidate in 2016 that did that, and he prevailed. Well, Trump was great on CNN. He beat that crap out of them on, you know, their extreme. We're not extreme. They're extreme. Just finish the sentence and say, yes, I know how to pass a law. You need 60 votes. Well, here's what I would tell people who tell me about civics. You need 60 votes. Well, you've got to have a bill to vote on first. It took us 12 years to get partial birth abortion into law. It took us 50 years to get Roe v. Wade overturned, constitutionally unsound. Listen, I'm from South Carolina. I'm not in a hurry. The guy I replaced was 100. You need to be like 100 to get anything done. So I'm not going away anytime soon. Don't you go away. <laughs> Senator Lindsey Graham, we're almost out of time
1: tonight, 7 p.m. Central Time, PrayVoteStand.org slash Town
9: Hall. What can people expect to hear tonight? Uh, the pro-life community demanding that we take a stand in Washington this is not a state's rights issue, this is a human rights issue. You're going to hear tonight, I think, a, a loud voice from the pro-life community that we want you there in Washington fighting for the unborn.
1: Is that why you came
9: all the way to Iowa? I came. It ain't easy to get here, folks. But I came. I'm glad I came. I'm turning around, going back, but I wouldn't have missed it.
1: Lindsey Graham, always great to see you. Thanks so Thank much you. for joining us. And, folks, I hope you will join us tonight as well. Again, you can tune in 7 p.m. Central Time and we'll be taking questions from our audience. Go to prayvotestand.org slash townhall. Again, that is tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. And again, check out the website, tonyperkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, and um, hope to see you tonight here at the, the Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa prayvotestandorg slash townhall. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.
0: Three seven two seven two three four. That's one 372
6: 7234